How y'all doing? Welcome to the Cold Seat Podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in today. We have the final mock draft Monday of the 2023 year. Um, excited to get this going. Our sixth and final edition, like I said. We're going to have a one-round mock today of the first round only of the draft that starts in just a little over four days. Um yeah, 1 to 31, we're going to be ripping out um, with what we best can predict, of course, what we think, what direction teams will go with their picks. Some have two picks, some have one, some have none. Um, so we, we may not cover your team. We may cover your team pretty in-depth. Um, looking forward to get this to getting this going. Uh, I know we've done alternating in the past, odds and evens, stuff like that. But today we're actually going to be doing a collaborative mock to where we both kind of talk about every pick to have a better, more well-rounded estimation, I guess, on what direction teams could go. So looking forward to get it going. Uh, the first pick of the mock here, we have the Carolina Panthers. Uh, like we said, they traded up with the Bears. And do you have any big boards? Do you have any positional changes or no? We want to do before, just before we right. get going. Yeah, I had one just putting Dorian Williams at LB5. I basically just flipped him and Noah Sewell. Uh, I just think Dorian will project better in the pros, a little better in college. Granted, he wasn't playing as good a competition, um, but I just think he's a little he's a little more experienced, a little bit older, and overall just has a little smoother game. Yeah. No, I mean, he's what I like about him, and the SC game was a really good, uh, kind of a really good showing of what he can do, I thought, um, what kind of he can be. Obviously, the USC offense is not necessarily a true pro-style offense, but I liked what I saw from him in that game as well. I think he's still my LB4. Um, I had a couple of changes. Um, I kind of shifted around the interior offensive line. I moved. I, I, I'm, I've kept Peter Skaronski in my tackling rankings, but I've also added him now to my interior offensive line rankings. He's obviously ILL one. He jumped on my big board, but we're going to be doing a whole big board breakdown um, this week. Is kind of like a our, our episode this week. Our cold seat episode this week will be more of like a draft oriented um, kind of preview. So we'll do we'll go over our big boards in that episode as well. So I won't kind of spoil where he's at on there, but he did make a pretty big jump now that he's in the ILL rankings as well. Just Nikki profiles as an all, as you know, I don't say an all pro, but like potential all pro guard, um, you know, and a, and a really solid tackle. Reminds me a lot of like AVT coming out a couple of years ago, who I was a big fan of. Um, so I like I like him, I like him a lot there. Is it kind of projecting as a guard, even even to start out with? Um, then I I moved Steve Avila or Avila. Um, I've heard it probably I think it's Avila, but um, I moved him up to Iowa. Well, everyone bumped down. Um, but I bumped Avila up above Luke Whipler. So now the, I guess the top five will run it down real quick just to refresh would be Skaronsky, Torrance, uh, JMS. Uh, now it's Steve Avila at four. So I guess he didn't really move. I think he just kind of stayed firm when I flopped him and, and Luke Whipler's now at five. Um, and a couple of other ones, I did move Keely Ringo back into my fifth spot. I watched a couple more games. His, I rewatched the Tennessee game again. Um, in the all 22 um, kind of format as opposed to just the broadcast view. I'm um, just getting a better feel for Darnell Wright against the uh, Georgia front. He did have a great, really good game against them. Um, kind of watch the the wide zone view or the wide wide camera view of Tillman and and a high and then obviously Ringo and um, just feel like you know rewatching his tape a little bit more. He he um, I like I like the physicalness or the physicality he plays with. I like the the speed strength of his game um, and I feel like the tight hips is something that. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not asking him to go be a press man corner every single play. I'm not asking him to go, you know, follow ones around. And um, I think you can do better on the size, the size speed and um, and the physicality and then just the nature of which he plays. I think you, you 
you like it over what you see from Cam Smith, in my opinion. Um, I think you feel the same way, Brett. And then um, Ada Tamiwe Adabare is uh, ideal four for me now. I dropped Siaki Ika out of the rankings and drops Benton down to five. Um, I just like the versatility that uh, Tomi plays with. I think he um, he he, he kind of can kind of can flex out a little bit if you need to at the edge spot. I know he did that Senior Bowl, did it obviously on tape against for Northwestern. Um, but I really like his run defense. I think he profiles best as a three tech or maybe like a big end and a four three defense where you're dropping your outside linebacker down on his side. Um, you know, maybe like I said, as a big end, a four eye, uh, maybe a head up five or a head up on a tackle, maybe in a five. If you're kind of stretching out to the tight end side, so um, I like it, especially in a league that's I think trending towards more. 12, 22 personnel where you've got, you know, at least two tight ends in the game, especially on the line of scrimmage or um, you kind of run a tight end, inline tight end, an H back or uh, an inline tight end and then a wing, a wing tight end. So I like his ability to kind of flex out down the line a little bit too, as well as um, the potential that he has with just that freak athletic profile. So um, didn't, I didn't think he was an edge, thought he was more of an IDL. So I put him in there. Um, the only, I mean, rarely, the only position that I would flex both guys into is, is IOL and tackle and, um, how do we been doing these big board rankings like this with um, kind of more in depth? Like we did last year, we probably would have had Tyler Smith there, and then same thing um, the year before yeah. with AVT. Probably would have had him in the same the same kind of mold. Um, I think you you had we we talked a bunch about the AVT thing and how he really profiles similarly to that. So um, right. yeah, so definitely would have had him there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the only guys I would I would flex to both spots in my rankings, but um. But yeah, other than that, uh, that's kind of all the, the changes I have, and we'll kind of get into our big boards. Like I said in this week's cold seat episode, um, coming out probably Wednesday before the draft. It's kind of like a draft primer for the next couple of days. Um, yeah, that's all I got. If we want to kick off the mock draft here with the Panthers at one. Yeah, no, uh, I like those rankings changes. I think they do make a lot of sense. Uh, just looking at stuff, our boards are bound to change as yeah. we progress throughout the you know off season scouting process, stuff like that. Our boards are going to be locked in, we'll say, by the episode on Wednesday. We won't be able to change yep. them after that. Now, if something crazy happens, then, of course, we'll make yep. a change. But they'll be locked a in. Tunsil, a right. Tunsil gas mask video, you know, right. whatever. Type type event, if you will. But, yeah, some other than something like that, um, they will be set for the rest of the off season, kind of see how that plays out, see our board shake out uh, as the season progresses and as these guys' careers progress. Um, but kicking off the mock here, Carolina at number one, I think it's pretty easy. It's going to be Bryce unless something crazy happens. I think Bryce will be the pick. Yeah, no, I mean, this, this is easy. This is um, definitely confirmed now, uh, you know, I guess unofficially. We haven't had, like, official word from, you know, Adam Schefter and Rappaport. Um, but, no, I mean, it's basically been – um a known thing for a few weeks now um and i feel like this this was ultimately where they were going to go i felt um less less risk involved i think with projecting bryce to the next level um that kind of brings us to the houston texans at two who reportedly love the bryce young there was kind of this notion that like oh like they really like bryce kind of since the end of the season and there was no real basis to it until very recently um kind of in the last couple of weeks so um with that the rumor was kind of that they you know, they don't love the rest of the quarterbacks. Obviously, there was a huge odds jump for Will Levis, which I, I don't think he's going at two, to be honest. But I don't – they would just – I think I think they would just take CJ. Um, in this case, I I don't think they're going to, though. I think they're going to take an edge rusher. When you look into the the coaching staff a little deeper and, um, you know, shout out to Peter Schrager and Daniel Jeremiah for really diving into this 
in, in a podcast they did this kind of this week, um, you know, going through doing their, their, their rapid fire mock draft, they kind of got into the Texans pick a little bit. And, um, you know, basically like D'Amico Ryans is an Alabama alum. Like he was an, an all American in Alabama, obviously an NFL veteran for a long time, but so there's ties to Will Anderson there. Think about the way he wants to play his defense. Think about how the the philosophy that he coached under in, in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and and John Lynch in the front office, where you know they didn't they didn't rely on a quarterback heavily. It was it was it was Jimmy G, Trey Lance, and Brock Purdy. Like none of those guys are, are premier quarterbacks in the NFL, right? And you take CJ Stroud hoping he'd be that, whereas opposed to like they had a Nick Bosa who, I mean he's one of the, he's one of if not the best edge rusher in the NFL right now. I mean he won Defensive Player of the Year for a reason, right? So this guy's uber talented, and you kind of think. Well, they could go with a Will Anderson and kind of rely heavily upon that defensive front where um, kind of like the like the Niners did with Nick Bosa. But then you kind of bring in Tyree Wilson into the fold as, as a potential option uh, outside of Will Anderson. And if you get to kind of dive into that a little bit, um, the Texans D-line coach um, does have Texas Tech ties. I believe he coached on staff and may have played at Texas Tech. Um, is, I listened to a couple of days ago. It's been kind of a long weekend. But um, I believe that I mean, he's got pretty heavy Texas Tech ties. So. You know, that could be a, a, you know, a Tyree Wilson spot, too. So ultimately, like I, the way that I think this is going to go is going to be Will Anderson. I think it'll be a, this is where Will comes off the board at two here. I think that's kind of how you're feeling as well. But, um, yeah, I really I, it, it, it wouldn't shock me. If they, I mean, Texans have kind of been close to the vest all offseason, but it wouldn't shock me if they went ahead and took CJ. But I, I think right now, the way that we see it and the way that's kind of been reported, it, it, it's going to be Will Anderson is what it sounds like. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it came out that a couple, you know, a few teams, scouts and, you know, front offices have CJ ranked higher than Bryce overall. Um, but I don't think the Texans are one of those teams. I think they like Bryce better. And I think if he's not there for them, they're going to take the safe pick, build their roster up before acquiring the quarterback. And I think it's going to be Will. I mean, it's not it's not what I would do. Like, I'd be thinking a quarterback here, but um, if they want to take. I'm not going to knock them for taking. I mean, maybe they go get a vet and um, maybe they, maybe they trade for, honestly, this is a Trey Lance spot. If they, I don't want to happen this year because I don't, I think they're worried about Brock not playing and his rehab, but I think this is a Trey Lance trade spot next off season, potentially. So um, definitely go, we'll go, we'll go Will here. I think that's what we feel confident with um, it too, which brings up an interesting conversation at three. Um, and I can, I'll let you kind of spearhead it if you want, but I've got, I, I, Arizona wants to get out, right? I just don't know if they can. At this point, I don't know if they're going to be able to get out of the pick. Like, I know they want to, but, like, obviously it's like, man, they want to get out and they could find a partner, but who who moves up here? I think that, That's kind of the question. Right, yeah, and I think because CJ's still on the board, while, you know, Arizona still is not looking for a quarterback regardless of what quarterbacks are on the board, the likelihood that the pick is traded I don't think increases all that much because – Indy's probably not looking to jump one spot anymore. And yep. you look at teams like Detroit and Atlanta who need a quarterback, even Tennessee, who there were some rumors that Tannehill might be traded. Those are three teams in addition to Indy that could be looking for a quarterback in the top 11. But at the same time, I don't know if they want to make the move to go up knowing that three of the quarterbacks are still on the board to where they can sit and yeah. pick and still take maybe not their guy, but one of the guys they really like. Yeah, no, no, that, and that's because I don't like I don't think Vegas like Vegas would be the team that would be that aggressive to go do it. But I I don't think they're taking a quarterback. I think they're very nah, bought I in. Think probably next year. It's it's gonna I think it's maybe even two years out. I mean, if you think about it, unless they're that bad, which I don't. 
they don't think they're going to be. And I don't think they're going to be that bad to get Caleb or Drake May. I don't know what the rest of the class is going to look like. It could, it could be great. It could be terrible. Like, what if Quinn Ewers has a, like lights it up this year and has a great? He he'll, he'll be a top pick, but we don't. He couldn't. Like, what about Carson Beck out of Georgia? What? There's plenty of guys where you kind of go, um, you know, you know what could happen, but ultimately, like, we don't know. Um, so I don't think they're moving up though. I think they're, I think they're locked in with Jimmy for at least two years, right? And they're going to kind of go from there. No, I, I agree. Um, they signed Jimmy to the deal. I think it's about, well, like 25 a year or something like that. Um, fairly reasonable for three years, I believe it was. So I definitely starting this year, whether they draft a quarterback next year that will sit for the year or they wait two years to draft a quarterback who starts right away. I think either of those are realistic options, but both of them are options that consist of them not taking a quarterback this year. So I think they're riding with Jimmy G. Um, you know, a guy that's won a lot of games. Yeah, he's not like a top-notch quarterback, um, but he can win you games. He can keep you in it. And I think they're looking to improve their defense uh, more so right now and kind of give them a chance to win knowing who they have at quarterback, knowing that, I mean, they have a really good receiving core. They lost Darren Waller, um, but they're still looking pretty good roster-wise if they can get that O-line filled out. Yeah. So the question becomes, like, who moves – we get back to the main topic of, like, who moves up and – the only like the only team that I think like I don't think Tennessee's doing they I don't think Tennessee has the resources necessary considering they're going to go through a whole rebuild with a brand new GM I don't think they're making that move up what right. eight spots it's going to cost too much I don't think they do it and historically speaking like we always talk oh man quarterback trade like it never actually happens like if you think about it last time it happened was when San Francisco moved up weeks before the draft weeks before to go get the third overall pick. And then you think about what well, before that it was the Rams and the Eagles. We just don't see like what Chicago flopped three and two to get to, to secure Trubisky a couple of years. But I just don't think that, like, I don't think that's how that's going to go personally. So, um, you know, the only team I could, I would look at is Detroit only because that regime, I think if they underperform, they are, they're out. And I think they they would want the quarterback security. And if they think Seattle might take one, they don't want to be left with four. Right. And I think Indy, I think Indy is content to sit because I think they want Will Levis. Like that's what that's what it's kind of seems like we've been hearing for a couple of weeks. Like, man, like they really like Levis over AR and CJ. Kind of what we talked about on on the pod Thursday or Friday, I guess. So I genuinely, I think that the only team that would move up is Detroit, but but do they love? Do they kind of leverage all that capital after they just had a bunch of guys suspended? Right, I think. I I don't I don't think Detroit will do it. Not only because they have the guys suspended, two guys indefinitely whom they released, and then they also had Jamison Williams and another guy suspended for six games for gambling. Um, Jason didn't hear. Five guys on the Lions roster and one guy on the Commanders got suspended for gambling. But ultimately, I don't think they'll trade up. I don't think Arizona will find a trade partner in this scenario just Agreed. because of teams. What val- teams? Just because of what teams value now, with the outlook of their season, like you mentioned, Detroit having guys suspended, Seattle. Um, I mean, a great year last year after many picks them now the top pick, them having the twentieth pick this year was really good for them. And I think Gino is the guy for a couple years there. 
And I think that the Lions, you know, they could sit and pick and be just fine taking QB three or four. And I think that's probably the route they'll go. So I'm going to say Arizona stays here and goes defender, whether it's, you know, Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson. I'm leaning towards Tyree because I think it's, they like I think it's Tyree. edge guys. Um, more so overall in that defense, you look at they brought in J.J. Watt. Um, they had Marcus Golden and someone else I'm forgetting. But edge guys thrive there. And I think even with Jonathan Gannon, I think it'll be really beneficial to bring in a big-time versatile defender along that line. Yeah, well, the other thing I'll point out is Kimes obviously gone, but it's the the that's t- total turmoil there, right? Like they are, there's a ton like the lawsuits going on. Like it's it's a total nightmare. I don't think that team's taking Jalen Carter. The potential risk that that brings along with it, I just I don't think they're taking that roll of the dice. I think that I think the NFL. I think if you kind of holistically review Tyree Wilson's tape a little more and you kind of go back, I think he's a very fairly safe pick. Like, obviously, you're projecting, I suppose, that he gets this pass rush bag. But, I mean, guys, he's so he's so gifted and so naturally talented and dominant that he's just he's just going to – he could sleep – I heard he could sleepwalk his way into production is the way I've heard it, heard it said. He could literally fall forward. He's going to fall forward into sacks every year because he's so dominant. When you look at that and you look at the fact that, like, just the refinement, he didn't even get any sort of refinement or game plan until he got to Texas Tech three years into his college career. So the fact that he's only really had two seasons of legitimate D-line coaching kind of points to the fact that I think that he's – and really only only had elite coaching for a year with with Tim DeRuiter, right? And, and you saw the, the monster jump his game took. So I think, that, right. I think that ultimately Tyree's a pretty safe pick. I think people – some people are worried to go, oh, he's 23. Like, guys, he's only two years older than Will. He's two years older than Will Anderson. And we can talk about how Will's younger, but I mean – Generally speaking, Alabama pro- Alabama prospects are much more complete players coming out, right? Like they're just the, Alabama just this. They're so well coached. They're just they're so pro ready. There's not a lot of a learning curve for them because they don't have much to add to their game. Now that's not me saying that Will's a, that Tyree's a better prospect. I still think Will's a better prospect, just holistically speaking. Look at the production, the tape, kind of the projection. But I think Tyree's a plenty safe pick, and I, I don't think I don't think that front office. Like I don't think new front offices are taking the roll of the dice on Jalen Carter, in my opinion. Like I think Seattle would do it. I don't think Detroit would do it. Maybe just especially with this all the the gambling stuff that went on. Like I think if he doesn't go to Seattle at five, you're looking at like the next the next spot is probably Atlanta at eight because Vegas ain't taking him. And I don't think Detroit. I thought Detroit would. Now I'm concerned that with all this all the you know the the potential culture issue that they've got. I don't think they take him. So, yeah, but Tyree here at three um, feels pretty firm. I think this is a pretty firm top three right now. Unless there's a move or a surprise trade, I feel like that we're pretty firm in the fact that the top three is probably going to be Bryce, Will, and Tyree, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I think obviously a lot of stuff could happen, and I don't know if I'd be betting on this actually going through Thursday night. Um, but it seems like based off what we know now, you know, the order of picks that is currently the order, um, seems like this is going to be the case. Now, looking at the fourth pick, Indianapolis Colts are up. I mean, apparently they w- like Will Levis, but I don't think they saw 
a scenario where C.J. Stroud would be here. Most likely, I think from an early, pretty early on, they were probably thinking he would be gone either to a team that traded to three or to the Texans or Panthers at one and two. Um, but if they were, if they like Will Levis, we can go that direction. I'm just not sure if they really do or. I I think they like Levis more. I think if you look at what Ballard likes, he's bigger, he's more athletic. I just I, listen. It's not what I would do. It's I would I would not be taking Will Levis over Richardson or Stroud. But you I, you kind of got to think about the other thing you got to think about is he of those three guys. Think about the the players that Shane Steichen has worked with and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. Will Levis profiles the most similarly to those guys. Hurts, like you can say hey, Richardson, but Richardson's not the like Hurts is not the athlete, and and he's a phenomenal athlete. He's a great quarterback. He's not the athlete that that Anthony Richardson is. And I think when you look at Stroud, he's not the athlete that that Herbert or Hurts is. And I think when you look at Levis, Levis reminds you of Herbert a little bit with the, the rocket arm, the ability to run, kind of run a little bit, but he's stronger and more of a strong runner. I think a little more of an agile runner like Jalen is. So I think that they, that staff collectively, and then you look at the front office, what they like, kind of more traditional measurables, bigger players. And I think ultimately it's what Jim Mercer likes. And if Jim Mercer, if there was one guy you were going to fall in love of that th- group of three, one guy you were just going to fall head over heels for in a, in a room, in a meeting, it's probably Will Levis. It's it's probably Levis, right? So I think yeah. that I, I – I, I, again, I wouldn't do it. This is not me advocating for them to do this. I think this is what would happen, though, draft night. Based upon, like, I've been taking in so much draft content the last few weeks, like, this is what it feels like it's going to be. And, again, I wouldn't do it. If you if you feel like they just wouldn't, we can go CJ. But from the way that, like, Daniel Jeremiah, Peter Schrager, Bucky, like, these guys all have talked pretty heavily, like, hey, we, like, there's, and there's been, like, even, like, rap sheets been talking about, there's heavy connections of that room loves Levis. So I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, it makes sense um, in terms of what they like, kind of what Levis's traits are and how they translate to the next level in terms of comparisons. And it's it's not it. the right decision at all. It's not the right, right decision. I think. Yeah, I don't, but this is I don't think it is either. Do. But yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And we have we have not run through this scenario. Not, not that we're trying to be different with today. We're trying to be a little more predictive. But we have not had this scenario where now Richardson and Stroud are now back to back on the board for Seattle and Detroit. So yeah, so I mean Detroit guarantees themselves they get one of them. So yeah. I think if he's there at six, it's gonna be tough for them to pass up on Stroud. Um, but I mean you look at Seattle here with the fifth, fifth pick they acquired in the Russell Wilson trade, they could go a lot of different directions here. Um, you know they could go. Witherspoon, Carter, Skaronsky, or quarterback. And I think you look at those four options and what helps them win now the most, you're looking at Carter or Skaronsky and what helps you stay relevant for the next decade is probably CJ. And whether they now, whether they want to take Richardson because I think he will benefit better from being under, under Gino then maybe they go that route, but then maybe they could flip with Detroit if Detroit wants to trade and ensure that they can get CJ. But I just don't know exactly what route Seattle's thinking. I haven't heard too much out of, you know, out of anyone about CJ or about Seattle's plan at the fifth pick. 
they they've been maybe the most close to the vest team at the top through the through, through the process. And I say that only because I think we give a we now have a hint of what Detroit would do. Not that they did it, but but like by association with the fact that they just had what they just cut two players because they got they got popped for a year for gambling. JMO's out six games. Like they're like they're just they're not going to take gambles on guys who have off the field question marks. Now I don't think either I don't think they have a preference in quarterback. I think they, they're committed to golf for one more year. Like I think if they get Stroud, maybe you play CJ right now. But I do think like CJ has got a learning curve a little bit. There is a learning curve with pressure. And I know the Georgia game exists, but on a consistent basis, he was not great against pressure. And then I'm not, I'm not trying to, this is not me trying to just make this about bashing CJ. I just don't think they're going to have a preference. Now, I, I think both teams stick and pick. Now, for Seattle, and it's tough because the Geno contract was structured in a way that they can get out after this year. I don't know if that was by accident. I also wonder how long can Gino keep this up? Like that was a freak deal. You know what I mean? And it's not like Gino was an all pro. He's a pro bowler, but he's in the NFC. How much better does Gino get? And what do you think the seal, the relative ceiling of a CJ and a, and an AR is? And I don't know. And I, and I, I, this is, this is where it becomes really difficult for me. Um, to make this pick because I we for so long just thought that like that these guys wouldn't be here in Seattle just go with you know they would get the benefit of Will Anderson or t- the, t- the choice of the best defender because we thought that Houston or Arizona would move out and we'd have four quarterbacks go for a long time and blah 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 or they'd just be left with the best edge rusher left right like they just make the pick of you know or they or they take the gamble on Carter they take the, the choice of Will or Tyree whoever's left right and for in our mocks it's always been Tyree or Jalen. So I like the Skronsky idea makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's not a reach to me. He's eight on my big board right now um, with the IOL, you know, potential. Um, that said, I think it's a really deep. I what, what this is tough. I don't want to drag this out too long. What do you think Seattle does here? Five. What do you think? I'm not sh- entirely sure, but I do think they're a team probably in the top 10 that's most likely to take Jalen. They are, but do they, are they ever picking this? I don't know. I think how forward looking do you think that, that, that Sonner is going to be? How forward looking is Pete Carroll going to be? They've got 20 for a win now pick. That's why same thing with Detroit. Like Detroit is taking a quarterback at six. I'm going to say that they're, they're taking one of the two. Right. They're taking one at six. I'll say that right now. That, if that's how this falls, they're taking one at six, I think. But then does someone try to trade out or trade up with Seattle? No, I think Seattle sticks and picks here. I, I think they – they this is a luxury for them. The same thing I never thought that Detroit would move out. This is such a luxury pick. They shouldn't be – they should not be picking here, but they are. And I, like, same thing, like, I don't think Philly's moving out of 10 because I think they're going to sit there and go, we shouldn't have this pick. We're picking it. Like, we're making this pick to get our team better Whereas 30 is kind of a throw, a throw at the board. Same thing with like 18 in this class, 18 and 20 don't feel like locks to be blue chippers unless like a Bijan falls to them and they take them, which Seattle wouldn't and shouldn't do. But you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think looking at, I mean, if they, it's honestly just a tough decision. They could go Richardson 
here. Um, it, it, I mean, no, I don't think anyone could say anything bad about it. Now, it's just like, do they actually do it or not is the question. And I think if we're trying to, you know, think about the direction they could go and go with Richardson as more of a not play much this year, like we saw with Lance. And obviously, you know, Lance and Jordan Love kind of playing out a little differently than we thought. But in terms of what, you know, the Niners and Packers saw going into that, I think will be similar to what Seattle will see going into this scenario. And having the opportunity to take Anthony Richardson, because honestly, no one really knows what they're going to do, like you said. Um, so Anthony Richardson does make sense for the sake that they're not, no one's really sure on what they're going to do. And Anthony Richardson will give them the option to play Gina or Richardson, whoever performs better next year. I like it. I, we can go Richardson here. That's fine with me. They met with they met with they deliberately met with all the quarterbacks, so I'm right. cool with it. Yeah, let's yeah. go Richardson. I like it. I and then the next pick is easy. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. It it makes sense to me, dude. It, trust me. It again, it's not. Uh, it would be weird if this is how it fell, but I think this is very realistic, and um, I think they would do this. Like if this is how it felt, like I could very well see them doing this, and this also makes the next pick easy. It's Stroud. If if one of those like I don't think they'd take Levis. I don't I, I don't think they would make the gamble. I think they would take it on CJ, right? Like they if they feel yeah. they can maybe sit for half a year. Especially listen, they should be all in on winning right now. And and, and missing JMO for, for six games sucks, but like at the end of the day, they can just take a receiver at eighteen if they feel like that's a big of a hole. They, but they but I don't think it is. Like I think they can get it at eighteen, a really good corner. I think that's what they can do. I don't I think they it's a deep edge class. They can get an edge in the second round where they pick. They have two second round picks. This is a pick for not only like right now, like, hey, CJ could play in week 10. Like after the bye, it's CJ's team. Boom, we're rolling. And mm-hmm. they're making a playoff push in a division that, that they should win. The, like, frankly, they are the division favorites to me. 100%. Minnesota is not getting any better next year. They had an, a mass exodus of players. The Kirk Cousins era is coming to an end. Kirk's not getting any younger. And we'll talk more about this at, at pick 23. Um, You know, and it's weird we're going to have. Six quarterbacks going, four quarterbacks going the top six, but again, with Le- Levis going at four is what is what kind of kickstarts this, right? To me, that's what gets the ball rolling right now. Mm-hmm. If Levis goes at f- at four, I think Richardson maybe goes at, you know, if or if, if CJ goes four, I think, you know, maybe Seattle takes a, a quarterback or maybe they don't. But the fact that both Richardson and Trout are available kind of points towards this, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think you look at the seventh pick, the Raiders are pretty happy, too, um, with this board. They get a lot of really good players, and I honestly think Skaronsky should be the pick for them. What do you think they do, though? I think they'd pick Skaronsky. If you look look at what that New England front office always did, like, I know they need defensive help. To me, it's it's either it's corner or it's Skaronsky. It's one of the two. Right. I, I'm i leaning towards Skaronsky just because of all the defense, really all the misses in general in the first round in the last five years. But more so, well, the, defensively, it is a new I think Skaronsky a, yeah. is the safest pick out of these guys, just for the sake that he's a offensive lineman. Um, and corner's a little bit more of a risky pick in general. Um, yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah, so I'm going to go Skaronski here uh, for the it, Raiders. It makes it, it. I mean, that I'm on board with it. It makes sense to me. Um, I think it. It. I think it's, I think it's what they would do. It'd be that or corners looking at kind of how New England is operated. But I like. It. I think they. I think. Look at how oft injured Jimmy's been. They have to get some protection for him. And I think Skaronski can play tackle or guard for him like tomorrow. So um, I like the pick for for Vegas there. Um, and I'm on board with it. So we we've got Atlanta eight and um. This is an interesting one. This is a Bijan spot. I'll put that out there now. That's a Bijan spot potentially. We can have that conversation. I really think he's going earlier than people think. Like the NFL's going to draft him early. Then that doesn't have to be here. I just think knowing how Arthur Smith wants to operate, think about what they did in Tennessee. He had they had an elite running back. And then I know they didn't pick him early, but he also wasn't the head coach. He didn't have that much influence. If they want to run that offense with him. And they want to, and they really want, and they truly want to give Ritter a chance. Like if they're just gonna give Ritter a shot, so they can get the first overall pick next year and be and be awful. Okay, whatever. Maybe they pick a defender here or whatever. But if they truly want to run this offense with Ritter and see if what they have in him, and legitimately try to make him run at the division with him, this should be an offensive player. I don't know if it should be. I, don't, I it's probably the only the only alignment I would consider here is Paris because he can play. He's legitimately can go play guard. But I don't think they're taking – they just paid Lindstrom. Their tackle group is not terrible. So I right. think this is either receiver. Like to me, if they if – it's it's and this is the conversation we can have. It's either do they want to really run this thing up with Ritter and see what they got or do they take an edge rusher or maybe a corner. But if they if they do want to run it up, run it back with Ritter and, get, and really get this thing rolling, it's JSN or it's Bijan to me. Then if we go defender, we can talk the – we can talk the whole edge group and then – about the corners, but that's kind of how I feel with this pick right now. With the bo- with the way the board has fallen to them. Right. Personally, I feel somewhat similar. I think it's going to be JSN or a corner or Miles Murphy. A lot of people have talked about Miles Murphy being a lot higher pick than you know yeah. the media and most people think he's going to be. Which I think most people are projecting him to be kind of mid-20s right now if i had to say early to early to Um, mid-20s is where i'm seeing it most often and i think this is definitely a spot he could go you look at what atlanta's done to that defense this offseason adding numerous pieces you just look at the d-line and it's bud dupree calais campbell um i'm forgetting someone else and then they also added jesse bates traded for jeff okuda they still have aj terrell so i think they're really trying to build up the defense this offseason whereas they do need a receiver they still you know as pass catching threats they have they have patterson and algier in the backfield and they have Pitts in london uh, as pass catchers and i just think if it's not jsn i'm leaning towards miles murphy i like murphy here um i do think the like like last week we i i, I won't call it a mistake we just played a different sign with what we would do but the edge guys went too late like like murphy at 29 ain't happening and it's what we would do we're both lower on him and and like no, like it was two edge guys off the board at 18, and we in like the second, the third one, like Nolan Smith went off the board at 19, and then Vaness went 21. Like I, I don't think, I don't think anyone's there at 20 for the for the Seahawks or the Chargers to take it right after. Like both of those, honestly, with the way we've done it today, 18, 19, 20, 21 are all edge spots, like legitimate, even 22 maybe with the with the Ravens are all legitimate edge spots. So I I I think that I don't think any of those guys are going to be there, honestly. But I, I it, Murphy's from Georgia. He's from the state of Georgia. So I like it. I like the Murphy pick here. That's what we want to do. Um, 
I don't know if they invest three. The one thing I'll say, three straight pass catchers in the first round is right. not great allocation of resources. So I like going. Um, I like going with. Um, I'm gonna blank with Miles Murphy here, and and I, and I do listen. I've I've come around on Miles Murphy a little more. I do need to watch his 21 tape again because um, I think he's a realistic option for the Chargers if he gets there. So I want to watch his 21 tape again, um, kind of see what I'm missing with the pass rush stuff. But he's he's a great run defender. He like he's day one, like in the like in this second tier, like the second tier of rushers of Murphy, Van Ness, and Smith. He's probably the best, most versatile run defender of the group in terms of like setting the edge. Like Nolan sets that sets the edge, but he's a little smaller. I think the NFL love you got to project a little bit with him. Murphy can play the big end. He can play out wide. He can play reduced inside sometimes. So. He's the most versatile run defender. Not the most versatile pass rusher, but he's the most versatile right. run defender, and he's the best. I think, I think who better to learn from than Calais Campbell, who's made a career of being a really yeah. good run defender, while also and, have, and also have solid sack production. Right? Yeah. 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 Both but, those guys, I mean, honestly. Being able to learn from Calais this year is going to be yeah. huge because Calais is going to retire next big. year. Um, and they so and they profile really like, beneficial. Well, yeah, and obviously, like, Calais is a little just physically bigger, but they profile their games are similar, I think. Um, you know, the name that's been thrown out with Murphy that I like a lot is is Jadavian Clowney. A little, little discount rate, a little bit come out of college, but the way he plays his game, I, I like that comp a lot. Bears at nine. Um, hmm. Bijan's available. Do you, th- do, you, do you legitimately think they would pick him here? Because I want to have the conversation, because they, they just signed Foreman, but, like, Come on, he's not a no. It just I I want to keep bringing up Bijan because he's gonna be picked early than people think. Like I I want to have right. this. No, this yeah. is predictive, and and I think again you 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 nailed it with Murphy going earlier than we than we thought. That that was a great call out, and I think that's realistic. And, and then same thing with Bijan. Like I think he's gonna go earlier than people think. So, um, and maybe a team moves up for him. Like I don't know who would. Like frankly, if he makes it to eighteen, Buffalo's going up for him. I think, but I don't I'm think just, he does. I'm thinking they look pretty good on offense, honestly, outside of, you know, a couple O-line spots and then running back, which they have a running back stable, but it's not, you know, a filled out room with, you know, RB1, RB2. Um, so Bijan is definitely makes an option. Sense for them. Well, Skronsky makes more sense offensive, like from an offensive line's perspective, because, but he's not here. I think Paris yeah. can play guard, but I don't know. I just don't know what direction they want to go because they did sign two linebackers in Edmonds and Edwards. Um, all the corners are there for them, which I think is big. Now, they did take DB high last year and Jaquan Brisker, who was really good this season. And they took um, Kyler Gordon. Right. They the did take Kyler Gordon. in the second. And yeah, they had, they had two twos last year. Right. So maybe they don't go DB here, uh, but I. I think it's probably Bijan or Jalen Carter. So I think they were at one. Now trading down to nine was after the Jalen Carter situation. And yeah, yeah, we could go Carter here. I like that. Kind of forgot about it, but yeah, I, I think I didn't think he'd go at eight to Atlanta, but because they have Grady Jarrett. Right. Then I don't know, but I, I think I think he could go here at nine. They would take him, I think. Also think about Eberflus wants to do defensively well did they sign a bunch of idls though uh i don't believe so i think they only signed the two inside linebackers and one other defender 
I'm looking right now on our lads. There's. Yeah, they don't have anyone on that D line. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go Carter. He would have been in consideration for him if they stayed at one. So I think they just take the swing here. They're not. They're not competing right now. They're gonna be better, obviously, but they're not. They're not competing. Right. Yeah, I like it. We'll go Jalen. And I think, well, he went to college in Athens, and Atlanta is the pick before, you know, right next to Athens. And Jalen's from, I think, Apopka, Florida, which is not too far from either of those spots. I don't. I think it'll be good for him to get out of there, get out of that region, and kind of have a fresh start in terms of, you know, what he had off the field. And I think going to Chicago, whereas, I mean, Chicago's not a great city either, talking about it like it's better than Atlanta. But it's not a great city either. But I think – him, you know, going far from home will be helpful for him and for his development as a player, even though he's so skilled already in terms of off the field issues as well. I think it'll be more beneficial. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree. And I think getting a fresh start in a new city, um, a new regime, I think. They, they they have added some veteran presences, a couple of veteran guys with with veteran with a veteran presence in that room in just kind of in the locker room. Um so yeah, like again, it's just it's a value thing at this point. Like you just gotta take him. Um and I I think Chicago would, would very well do that. All right, we're up at ten. Both corners are here for Philly. Although again, I'm gonna i I'm gonna say this. People have talked all this offseason about how, oh, Philly would never take a running back here. Philly like Howie would never do it. Howie just he won't do it. And like media's been talking about it. And I know it's so out of his nature to do it, but dude. Tell me this wouldn't be the spot for Bijan. Think, think, think about how much the reports, oh, they won't do it, they won't do it, they won't do it, just for them to take Bijan here. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense for them in terms of they like to, at least the past couple of years, be in a win-now mode. And I think Bijan fills a hole. I guess if you had a war for football players in the draft for each roster, I think Bijan probably has the highest well, it's, win it's share. Bryce. It's Bryce. Oh, in college? Well, I'm saying oh, I'm saying for a team in terms of what their roster already looks like and who they oh, could it's, add. And it's probably it's probably Bryce, but outside outside of quarterbacks who are always gonna have more war, it's probably it's probably Bijan or one of the edge rushers. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Right, yeah. In terms of Philly who who already has their roster pretty filled out, looking at what they need, Bijan's probably the most impactful player on that team. If you were to add him, like if you add a quarterback to that team, they're not getting any further than they did last year. So Bijan, I think, will bring that element to the game that they didn't have to the extent last year in Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is now in Carolina um, and they need a running back. Yeah, they I mean, they're in the same situation as Chicago where they have a stable, but they don't really have you know, a bell cow type do it all running back. And I think Bijan would be a good pick a pick here for them to win now. And then they always pick at 30, so they can go another route at 30. Um, You'll probably have a top five or six DB there as well. So I think they can go that route mm-hmm. then. I really think, like, think about just the monstrosity of that that offense with Bijan. Like, they might legitimately become unstoppable. And I know that and I know that people talk about how he doesn't want to do it, how he won't do it. I mean, yeah, when was the last time a running back like this was was on the table for him? Literally never. We've not had a running back this good in how long? Adrian Peterson is a lot to me is the last time we had a back this good coming out of college. Listen, I'm not talking about just 
production and wins and all that noise. Like I'm talking about just talent. He didn't have a chance to win a lot of games at Texas, but he put up all the numbers you wanted him to. I just, I, I don't think Howie would pass on this. He's, he's too smart of a GM to not to pass on that kind of talent to me. No, I agree. Um, I think this will be a smart pick for them, and I think it'll pan out in the end, and he'll just have an instant impact on that offense, more so in another offense to where he can, you know, the roster is already pretty much constructed, and adding a guy like him would be really big for them immediately. Yeah. Tennessee? Yeah, it's tough to think about what they want to do just because they're tearing their roster apart. They have so many holes, you don't really know what direction they actually want to go. Um, but looking at this board, I'm I'm thinking deep, like a corner. What about, what about Paris though? But do they really like? Just trying to think. Like, do they really want to build cor- the O line? Like, honestly, I just like, don't know who else is who else is playing tackle though, dude? Like, who else is playing there? I don't know. What's their what does their corner room look like? Here, let me check mine. Check out what's on here. I mean, the only impactful players on that team are Bayard and who else? I mean, I mean, they're in, they're in a rebuild. Let's, I mean, they are. Roger McCreary, who they drafted last year. Oh, they they signed Sean Murphy Bunting too, playing nickel. Oh, that's Christian true, Fulton, yeah. Caleb Farley. Here's the here's the tackle. Andre Dillard can play tackle. Petit Frere can play tackle, I suppose. They really feel like he could. Dylan Radunes is listed as a guard. I don't think they're passing on him. I don't know. If you think they'd take corner, we can take corner. It's fine with me, but... I mean, you can also look at edge rusher, too. Right. I mean, they... It's a Harold Landry. Arden Key, who's been not good. They brought him over from Jacksonville. Danico Autry. They uh, just signed Jeff Simmons, but uh, I mean Rashad Weaver, who they drafted a couple years ago, that's not really panned out for them um, yet, at least. Yeah, let's go Paris. I think. Um, yeah. You know they they've you know those three guys you mentioned in Radunes, Petit Frere, and you know Dillard. Dillard isn't bad, but you know two of those guys are on rookie contracts still, I believe, and so having them and kind of having the pick who you want to pay after the rookie deal based off performance will be beneficial to whoever is the long-term quarterback there. Um, I think, so we'll I think Dillard's on a, I think Dillard's on like a two year deal or a one year deal from Philly. Yeah. I think he's the one that's not on the rookie deal. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I like Paris here. Keegan can just get your best five on the field. Cause I don't think they're going to want to be like bad next year. I don't know. It, it, Tennessee confuses me, but Houston at 12. Go a lot of different directions. They went with Will Anderson at two. Um, That's got to be. Wouldn't be shocked if they, but wouldn't be shocked if they double dipped and took like Van Ness. It wouldn't shock me. I don't. I don't know if they will, but like, right. I'm not saying they should. I'm just they, like I want to have the conversation because I think that it wouldn't shock me. I always think corners are an option here. I know that they, they pick Stingley, but like, look at the rest of the defense. Like obviously Petrie, but Petrie's more of like a slot box defender um see i guess they brought in steven nelson not what he was on the team last year yeah i don't uh, think they defense 
just because, I mean, their secondary, they took Stingley and Petrie both. I mean, Petrie played really well. I think he led the league in tackles. Um, yeah, you know, he had, a, he had a good rookie year. Their, their O-line looks good. Right. They they had John Mechie. They still have Nico Collins. They they paid Robert Woods more money than to just come become be a backup. So he's he's going to see the field a lot. Paid him too much money for him to just hang out on the sidelines and be a coach. Damian Pierce too, who was really good last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they brought in Mike Singletary as well to be a backup running back to him. Stephen Nel. I mean, I don't know. Depends on if, what do you think about Stephen Nelson. I'm not thinking a linebacker here, obviously. Uh, I mean, the the edge rush room right now consists of William Anderson. They picked the two. Jerry Hughes, who's past his prime. Um, Jonathan Grenard. Chase Winovich. And that's about it. So I'm not saying they have to go with an edge rusher, but it, it right. will play. But I think it is more likely that they address edge with their later – you know, 33, 65, or 73, I think, are their next three picks. So they have a lot of ammo in the first basically two rounds um, to take multiple edges, and I think they'll probably hold off on edge here. Um, in terms of what other direction they could go, I do think JSN is a really probable pick here. Uh, also thinking about you know, Broderick Jones, do they bring Broderick, Broderick in to where they have a good tackle duo, but do they want to just, like you mentioned with Tennessee, get the best five on the field and help that O-line and get the roster a little bit better before they get a quarterback? They like Titus Howard a lot. That's the thing. Like like, like Titus, like I don't think Broderick's a guard, Titus isn't a guard, and you're not moving Tunsil to guard. And they've got Kenyon Greg. The only, like they have Shaq, they brought in Shaq Mason. The only like question mark is at center, and I don't think Broderick can play center. And you're not kicking Shaq Mason or Kenny Green to center. That's that's the only pushback I'll give you. Like, I don't think that twelve is not the place to take a tackle. Like if they want to take a tackle, take like Matthew Bergeron in round two. They really right. want to get another guy in there as like a swing tackler guard. I just like I I mean like they they like Titus Howard. He had a good year last year, and I just I don't think Broderick's a guard. Like I just don't think he can play guard. Yeah, I think he's a tank. He's just such a tackle. They they can go center at sixty five and yeah exactly you're not I taking JMS here make more sense um, yeah that's kind of what I'm thinking too or they can just take a center at thirty three just take J- just take t- take someone there if you want to if JMS is there take him there um to me to me it's 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 JSN or which I mean it would be a fine pick or it's Edger corner one of those three. Because then you go out, like their corner room is not great. Like that they, they like Petrie at like kind of that safety role, like who kind of they can move him around, and mm-hmm. again they get the pick of the litter. You, you make a strength of strength. You you put out two really good corners for however long. I'm just thinking of the way that they would want to build that team with Casario and um and D'Amico at the helm. Trying to think when. Or what their past first round picks were the past few years. Um they took they took Stingley and Kenyon Green last year in twenty one they took gosh, I don't even know. Um did they did they move out of their pick? I think they did in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I guess we can go I'll go Gonzalez, I'd probably say because taking JSN we can, would be I mean, we can, nice. We, we but, can take him. 
I just I don't know if they still don't know what they have in Mechie, and I think they probably want to see what they have in him rather than trying to break in, you know, two pretty good rookies technically at the same time. Um, yeah, we'll go. I I think I'll go with Gonzalez. Okay, I like it. I mean, I think they. Oh, they didn't have a pick last year. They in twenty one. They had they traded it to Miami for Tunsil, and that was all like the move sure. around with Houston and yeah. all that stuff, or with so uh, San Francisco. Okay. That's cool. I, listen, I think they it, – it's JSN or it's a corner, but I, I really think, like, if you can get a top-flight corner to go with Stingley, it not only elevates him, but it makes that secondary so much better, um, kind of off the rip. And, and when was the last time that we had a, a mock with both those guys here for him? So, um, Jets at 13, I'll give you the same argument. Do you take a tackle or do you take – do you take do you take Broderick or do you take Witherspoon? I feel like it's got to be Broderick. I mean, you took Sauce four last year. You have DJ Reed, who was pretty good for you. Um, yeah. I feel I don't like disagree. it has to be Broderick. Because if you don't address it Ooh. here, you're pretty what much What about an edge rusher? What about an edge rusher? Yeah. They're going to lose They're gonna lose Carl Lawson next year. And I don't know if John Franklin Myers is back. I know they took Jermaine last year. But they run a heavy dose of rotations through that team. I don't want to bring it up. I've heard heard Connor Rogers talk about it, and he's a big Jets guy. And he's like, "Hey, just for the sake of like, maybe they don't take a tackle. What about? Because maybe maybe they go guard later because they've got they've got forty two, forty three. One of those is for Rogers. But said they want to take say they're like, you know what? We feel like of all the tackles we have, guys can fill in. Let's get a guard. They can take one. At, they can take a solid one at forty forty two or forty three. And just for the sake of the conversation, if we want to take Van Ness here or Nolan. Yeah, I but think, if you feel like they're they're better suited to take Broderick, we can take Broderick. I mean, they have four days to trade for Aaron Rodgers, or we're talking about you know Rodgers retiring. So I don't know if, right? I honestly don't know if the Rodgers trade is going to get done at this point. You, I still think it will, but you just don't know. I mean, we're we're down to four days, and you yeah. figure he has to be traded for at least a pick this year, um, probably forty two. And I just I don't know if it's going to be done. I think either. Nolan or Broderick would be a good pick here. And I just thinking about their next picks, 42-43, as of now, um, they're probably better to go O-line then than edge. So we, we can go Nolan here at 13. Yeah, that's cool with me. Um Works for me. Like either either one was fine. I just I wanted to throw it out there just because, right? They they they've got plenty of bodies. It's just like getting healthy. So I don't know. I think with Broderick here, who's probably a tackle only, it kind of maybe pigeonholes him a little bit. But I do think Broderick goes here at, at fourteen. I do think I do think if he makes it to the to the Patriots, he goes. Yeah, that, that's a good pick for them there. But I think they, they need a tackle. They, I mean, desperately need a tackle. So yeah, that's easy. And I think he he, the physical profile fits too. Green Bay at fifteen. I know we've talked about tight end here a lot, or JSN since he's available. We can talk about too. But this just feels like they 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 feel like a Van Ness team. They do. Um, yeah, I'm honestly leaning towards Van Ness as well, just because they. Just, they 
I want to do. I want to take a receiver over here, and they don't. They just don't. They don't right. do it. I mean, they went defense last year with both their picks, and I think Van Ness is a really good uh, fit for them. And we saw how much better that defense was when they had, you know, Preston and Zadarius Smith on each side, and losing Zadarius yeah. really hurt them this past year. And while they won't be competing for much with Jordan Love as a presumed quarterback, um, Van Ness will give you. You know, he'll fill a hole nonetheless and um, kind of help round out that defense and put it back into form with what it was a yeah. couple years ago. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Commanders at 16. Uh, Witherspoon's available. It's it's going to be Witherspoon. Yeah, it's going to be him. I don't know how you go on your weather away. You can't you couldn't you could maybe try and talk talk me into taking. Um. JSN, but it's got to be Witherspoon, dude. Steelers yeah, at they went. 17. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Washington went in Dotson last year early. so That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, well, and like you could try and talk me into it, but they've got so many receivers on that team that they just don't need to. Yeah. Ooh, Steelers at at, uh, at 17. Obviously, with... Joey Porter Jr. is always an option just because of the connection and location and everything it adds up um thinking about where else they could go i don't think they go with jsn because um they took pickens last year and trade for a rob and that receiver room's pretty set um you know maybe next year they take one in the first couple rounds um looking at where else they have a tight end um it could use an edge, but edge here doesn't make sense. The top edge remaining is Will Will McDonald, as we've had the top five edge guys go. Leaning towards O-line here, I think that's the safest pick other than Joey Porter Jr. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's probably between Porter Jr. or whatever tackle you like. It's got to be a tackle. Look at how quick the tackle board falls off versus the corner board. Or they could probably get one at 33. Right. A corner, like a really good corner, whereas if they like they can't get a tackle, it. I don't know. Right. I, I think Darnell Wright's a right tackle, but you can definitely play him there for the Steelers, and you just plug and play. And he he seems like a very Pittsburgh type of dude too, and just very very rugged, very about his business. So I like it, Darnell. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is the best corner class we've seen in a long time, and yeah. they don't really very fall deep. off that much. I mean, even after we've seen the top two guys in Gonzalez and Witherspoon go. We still have Porter Jr. and Banks and Ringo and Cam Smith and Mano Forbes, Julius Brents. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of guys that you can take on day two and be just fine with starting day one, um, you know, week one throughout the whole year. Um, so I, I, I like Darnell here because I don't think they want to wait 16 picks and try to risk getting Darnell or Anton or um, whoever else. Those DeWand. guys won't be there. DeWand will be there probably, but – I think I don't they'd rather the drop go off far I think, tackle here. Yeah. Uh, JSN to the lines. Yeah. yeah. Any debate? No, it seems like an easy one. Yep. Um, and they just they lose JMO for six games. Even when they have him, if you look at the rest of the roster, Quintez Cephas gets cut after he gets suspended for a whole season. Um, obviously, Amonra is still there. And I know but, that Amonra kind of profiles similarly to JSN, but End of the day, like I know that Josh Reynolds, they brought back Marvin Jones Jr., but I mean, they, they can't pass up that opportunity to get JSN, can they? I will say, do they go tight end? 
since they did take receiver last year, do they go tight end because they need one? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who would they take? What is it? Is it? Do they take Kincaid or do they take Mayer? I'm thinking Mayer. Just personally, they, that's what I think they, they would go. This roster. Um, what kind of tight you did end get is a, Brock Wright? They did get go a ahead. pick for Hawkinson in the second, so they can. Ooh, they could always wait on. But you can get a. They can get a starting caliber tight end in the second round. Like they can take Laporta, because their next pick. Think about the ones. Their next pick. Let me pull up the simulator and I can look at their next. Pick. I was going off our big boards for this. They can do. They can get Laporta there. Hundred percent. Like if I go, let me just. Their next pick's forty-eight, forty-eight, and fifty-five. They can get one of the tight ends there. Yeah, they can get a tight end there at forty-eight or fifty-five. Yeah. And so I don't know if they'd take it. I don't know if they'd sink another first-round pick into a tight end after and, they've had bad luck there. Right, and JSN does fit talk, into that room. You could talk me into corner here, though. I'll tell you that. With Porter still, I mean, I think they could take JSN. But I forgot that they brought back Marvin Jones. That's tough. I forgot about that. Right. Who, what do you think they'd do? If JSN's here, you think they're taking JSN or are they taking corner? Yeah, I, I think, think they don't have corner. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, if CJ, CJ wasn't there, they wouldn't have taken him. They would have gone, well, probably gone Gonzalez for them. Right. I think they're going to want a corner. Yeah, I just honestly don't know what they're going to want to do. Um, we'll go JSN just for the value mixed with the fit. I like it. While it isn't the biggest hole, uh, just the value is huge for them, and I think it'll be beneficial, the most beneficial to them. You also you also pair him with CJ, which I like. forgot about that. I'm keeping it. Yeah. And then I, I, maybe we don't have to pay him Andre. Yeah, right. I don't, maybe I don't have to pay him. Maybe I can just right. let him walk. I don't know. I don't know if they do, but it's just an option. Um, 19 with the Bucks. Don't love the board for Tampa here. Um, the guys left. They're not taking a tight end. They could go corner. Like I think when you look at value, corner is probably the value pick here. Unless I'm totally missing somebody on my board. Yeah, corner is the value pick here for them. So I think if I look at their depth chart, what well, what do you think they do here? If this is kind of the board, how it shakes out for them. I thought about corner, but I'm also thinking Anton Harrison in terms of, you know, he can play tackle for you. I mean, you're going to pay worse, but that O-line doesn't really have much. I don't know if Anton Harrison can play that much guard, but they did trade away Shaq Mason. And outside of worse, that O-line isn't looking great. Ryan Jensen is pretty old, and he's might be his last year uh, before he retires. So I'm just throwing out O-line as well. Yeah, I just are you take would you take Harrison this early? I mean, cuz their their DB room is Jamel Dean, uh Carlton Davis and then some dude I've never heard of in the slot. No disrespect to my guy D, but I've never heard of him. His name Delaney, D Delaney. Done um as a right, slot and defender. then they have Winfield and Carlton David or Winfield and Ryan Neal is the safety is their safety. Right. So it's not a bad DB group. Um, but putting Joey Porter on that defense, 
I guess you just have him play outside and move someone inside. I do think Banks goes before him. He tested much you better. Do. I do think Banks goes before him. That's just that's just my my gut feeling. He dude, he ran into like a fourth like the four like a four three eight, four three six. It's freakish. Right. I think his official is four three five. I just think Banks um, goes before him, but I could. I mean, if you think Porter goes before, you, I'm, I'm. That's just my feeling. I don't know how you're feeling about it. Tampa picks. I have a, at Porter's a higher 50. ranked player for me, so. Yeah, so they don't pick for another 31 picks. You can probably get an IOL at 50. Um, I mean, you could also get a corner there. So it's just kind of tough. Yeah. Thinking they, about they did just sign Matt Filer after the Chargers cut him. Orfs is probably playing left tackle next year. I think he's going to play yeah. there. I mean, he, he's going to get paid either way. I, think, I just think they're going to put him at left tackle. Um, unless they want to have Filer play right tackle like they did in Pittsburgh, but I don't think he's a right tackle. So, I mean, right. they, they wanted Darnell Wright to fall to him. He doesn't. And, I mean, you can stick it, still take Anton Harrison. I just don't know if I'm taking him this early to me, but it's not what I would do. It's about what the NFL would do. So. I also don't know if corners last this long either, like where the corner is going to go. So, yeah, I honestly just don't know what's going to happen. I think they go corner. Looking at the board, do you want to go Banks then? I think we. It's. Do you think? Do you who do you think goes first, Porter or Banks? I think Banks does what's with the profile, the athletic profile. But if right, yeah, a lot of times we see profile, be you know, draft be drafted earlier. And guys with, you know, the film that aren't as great athletes. I like Banks here. I like it. Seahawks at 20. All the receivers are there. Um, I think they do need a receiver. I think this is a big Zay spot to me. Um, yeah. Corner. Make it, I mean, they could take Porter. If they, like, if, if they love the board and they're like, man, Porter's just too good to pass on. And they can maybe get like a Josh Downs in the second round. Because when's their next second round pick? Who, what, what are their picks this year? Seattle has thirty-seven and fifty-two. Oh yeah, they they can get a they can get a slot receiver there. Yeah, they can. Um, just with Porter with Porter still here, like who's the, who's their other corner? I have no idea. They have. Well, because they hit on a wall in last year, do you think they wait again? Given that the class is so deep. Maybe, or do they just take the blue chipper? Not, I don't know if he's blue, but a blue chip type talent with, I mean, Mike Jackson and Julian Love are their other DBs. With, I mean, they have a great safety room with Diggs and Jamal Adams, but the edge board, I mean, Kaj, you can't see. Yeah, I do really like that. I don't know. I mean, I think he can play whatever defense. Um, I like can't see a lot. Yeah, I like Kansas here too, just because they the ed, the edge the edge draft or the edge room didn't fall the way they wanted it to, and they can't take one here, and unless they want to take one at fit what thirty seven and then take Zay here instead of taking a receiver later, they could. Mm-hmm. They do need a receiver desperately, like so bad. The Eskridge is wide receiver three, and after that, it's three dudes you've never heard of. All right. So they could take Zay here, or Addison, or Johnston. One of those three, I think they take here. 
Yeah, I like Zay or Cansey personally. I think one of those two guys. Oh man, they're 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 not. I think I have Cansey a little higher on my board. Um, he's what five spots ahead of Zay, four spots ahead of Zay, four yeah five. Um, does he fit the defense though? My one concern, like, does he like schematically fit what they want to do in that three four scheme? And they traditionally run like two like nose tackle type guys typically. Right, I I think they can make it work. I mean, they have been pretty good defensively for a long time, and I think they can be versatile and make guys versatile when they need to. Um, I just I don't I just I don't think Cansey's versatile at the NFL level. Like I think he's pretty squarely like a three like a like a like on the guard like three tech. Maybe a one tech in a pass rushing situation, but as much as I like the prospect, like I, I don't know if he's like can play nose tackle at the next level. It's just he's so small. That's my one thing, and I know that they like bigger guys. But we, I mean, we can take him if that's what you think that that they would do. Um, I also keep I go back to Porter, man. He's so just with the board. He's just so talented for them. All right. I think at this point, well, they have Jaron Reed still. Yeah, they they do run a three four, like pretty pretty stout three four. And Draymond Jones is gonna play more of like a like a defense. I I don't think Cansey works here as much as I'd like it. I don't think he works here. I think Draymond Jones is gonna he'd be like a three four D end type of guy. I don't think he did. And they have Draymond, so I don't think they—I don't think they sign. They take Cansey here. I think it's either—it's either to me, it's—it's Zayer Addison, like whichever receiver or Porter. I think the drop off between Porter and a corner at thirty-seven is greater than the drop off between like a receiver now or Downs at thirty-seven. Because they don't need—they don't need a a Zayer. They don't—they—they just need like a slot guy. Like they could take downs and be just fine, I think. Right. Or they could take Tillman. Like they could, they can. They're versatile in the receiver room. And they can move Lockett to the slot or keep him out wide. I also don't. Who the other thing was Zay? Like, do do they have? Do they play two out? Like, because Lockett's an outlier size wise. Do they draft another outlier after D Eskridge didn't work out, or do they just wait, take downs, or like take like Mingo or Tillman or a bigger guy? Because D Eskridge is also an outlier in size. All right. Um, oh, we can go Porter. I think they do need a DB, and while they do need a third receiver, um, they can they can get one in the second round, like you mentioned, with Downs or Tillman. There's value Mingo. there. Yeah, there's value. Like there's 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 day two value at receiver, I think, as opposed to day one value. Chargers at twenty one. Um, Bijan's off the board. Corners are off the board. Addresses are off the board. To me, I mean, we can talk Cansey if you want. I think this would be Mayor, though. I don't think they'd pass on Mayor if he's there. Like, barring, like, even with Porter, like, I think they would take Mayor over Porter. Um, Maybe not Banks, but, like, I think they'd take him over. As much as they like corners, I think that they 
will wait to take a DB until like round three or round four. Um, they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna take their like. I as much as connections with Addison there, there's been. He does not meet any size threshold for them. Like I think they'd be better off waiting till round two and trying to take like a, like a Mingo in round two or. You know, like a um, like a Bryce Ford Wheaton in round three, maybe and reach on the board for him. They want to get the speed element. I just don't think they're taking. Yeah. Like I think they're in win now mode. I think the, I think if you look at win now, offensively it's Mayer, and they I know they have interest in him, and he fits their profile, and he's a Notre Dame guy. They love the Notre Dame players, um, and I I I think I would prefer Kincaid. Well, not for the Chargers. I think Kincaid's a better player. That said. They need a combo guy because when you look at their tight end, their tight end room, it's Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty are kind of the three that they've got. They've got they like Xander Horvath at fullback. Here's the thing. Trey McKitty was awful last year. Like the coaching staff was very open about the fact that, like, hey, Trey's got to get better if he wants to see the field next year. Parham's a really good blocker. Problem is Parham can't stay healthy. Dude, dude has not played more than like four consecutive games. I don't think ever. Like actually gotten a lot of snaps. And with Everett, he's more of your your seam runner, uh, kind of yak guy. So I don't I, I think Mayer fits their bill a little bit better. Um and I'll let you kind of if there's anybody else that I'm missing that you think is on the board here, you can feel free to shoot. Um I just think with the way the board fell, even with Zay and Addison there, and qu- frankly, Quentin Johnston would fit their their mold perfectly. I just don't think they would take him here. I think they would take Mayer. Elite college production. He fits their bill. I mean, Branch is another guy. I'll, I'll, I'll throw out Brian Branch's name if we want to have that conversation with Branch. I think it's to me, it's between Branch and Mayer, though. Yeah, with this board, you have every offensive player you want for your team other than Bijan and JSN, which is, I think, probably better than you expected initially, being only that two guys are gone. Um, I would go offense here. My pick would probably be Mayer. Um, just because your receivers are set for this year, you could add another guy um, and you do need another pass catcher. I just think Mayer will elevate that offense more than a receiver will at this pick. Yeah. Branch is tough. It's, it's, I'm, I kind of forgot Branch is on the board. Um, I think they would love Brian Branch, dude. This is tough. Because they would love Brian Branch, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it would fit. It would fill a, you know, maybe not a need, but it would definitely solidify roles on the back end and kind of have him be a really versatile defender to where if anyone goes down, he can step in and kind of solidify his role to fill the player's role that went down. Yeah, because they. Yeah, because when you look, I mean, the, obviously, like the corner room, like they, they like Jaw Taylor a lot. And obviously, Asante and Michael Davis, but like the J.C. Jackson thing is a big question mark, which I think is why corners been talked about a lot more recently for them. Um, man, this is tough for me. Because oh. because he'd be playing the nickel. He'd be probably he'd be playing the nickel spot for them, and it would give them three really good corners until JC gets back. And 
I just I don't know what they would do here. Genuinely, like if this is the right. board, which is crazy for me to say because they. I'm I'm gonna go with Mayor because I think that they are feeling the pressure to get to to get the pass catching better, and I think the inevitable, ultimately for them, like they know they're gonna have to move on from one of their two receivers next year. Right. And I think having Mayor makes that a little easier. They don't have to necessarily nail a receiver pick if they can keep one plus Palmer plus a deep threat. Having a guy like Mayor probably doesn't force you to replace another big like another receiver so i'm gonna go mayor i'd be happy with this on draft night i might prefer banks is just a better player but or banks branch is just a better player because he's at so branch is at 10 on my board mayor's at 15 kincaid's at 14 so this is tough but i'll we'll go mayor because i think he's a safe pick and the notre dame ties um that's kind of just what my gut tells me too yeah, Mayor would have been my pick. I just think he's the most valuable pick with what you already have on the roster. And like I said, elevates the offense. Um, Ravens are up at 22. You got the Could floor. Could go a lot of different directions. Might be a little bit of a surprise here. Um, but I think the Ravens really, really like this corner class. They're probably taking two corners and... Well, I don't think they stay and pick at 22 with, you know, especially with this board. I think it's even more likely they trade back, but what's up? We can move back. We can move back. All right. There are teams I think would move up right now. But for the sake of, I think, if we're only doing a one round, I, I know they like the corner class. I mean, you look at the guys that are still available. I mean, we have Brent, Ringo, deep, yeah. Clark Phillips, Turner, Cam Smith, Emmanuel Forbes. Th- th- shoot, dude, throw Branch in there. He's he's a corner. Right. But I I am leaning towards College of Cancy because they. You've been on this kick, man. You because you texted me the other day. You're like, hey, what about Cancy? And I was like, like, man, I like him. Like, I I think he's a good player. I think he's been on this kick. I like it. Yancey is a guy that I think a lot of people don't look at for the Ravens because the Ravens' interior defensive line currently consists of Justin Matabike, a fourth-year D lineman at A&M, more of a three-tech that's going into his contract year. Broderick Washington, Texas Tech's own, going into his contract year but was a sixth-rounder. So that's two IDLs that are going to be off the team for unless they re-sign them, that are going to be free agents next year. Next, you have Travis Jones, who you took in the third round last year. But he's a third-round pick. Like, if it doesn't pan out, so be it. But he showed promise in year one when he was on the field, uh, dealing with a little bit of an injury, but still played a good bit. Um, But he's more of a one, kind of nose-tech athlete. And Cansey can play, like you mentioned, a three mainly, um, more so on the guard, whereas Jones will probably be more so on the center. Um, and you still have Matabike and Washington, like I mentioned, but I think Kansi's a really good option here because really other than Matabike, no one's really offering you pass rush upside more than three or four sacks a year, uh, where I think Kansi could come in and, you know, he could put up 
seven sacks in year two. Um, and he has a lot of promise, a lot of upside, and he did have production in college, having 17 sacks over the past two years as an IDL. Um, so I, I just think that's underlooked way the Ravens could go, and I don't think they go IDL if it's not Cansey. Um, I don't think they go Brzee unless they trade out of the first and take him. Um, just because I think Cansey fits it a little more better, a little more better, a little better has a little more upside and just fills a role more so than Brzee. Um, but if they were to trade back, you're probably looking at trading to 26 or 29. I just think they're not going to trade with the AFC team because likely you're going to see an AFC team come up to get a receiver, most likely. Um, we could see Casey coming up to get Zay. Um, looking at really what else could happen because – Dallas might move up and get a receiver. Right, Dallas could. Or they could try and probably. they could try and get ahead of. They could maybe go get a tight end here. Go get Kincaid. Yeah, I, I like it. that. I just I, we can we haven't done a trade yet, and I think we're going to see more trades. Obviously, it's really hard to project trades, but I think the Ravens are a trade back team. Like I genuinely think they're moving yeah. back now. Especially, if you look kind of in, er, if you look early second round. Other teams that could go up. Pittsburgh's at 32. They won't move with the, they won't move with them. Um who's here that I like to me the guys are moving up for it's it's branch and it's um it's one of the receivers or Kincaid. Yeah, I think it's Dallas or New Orleans moving up to get Kincaid is what I would predict. I like New Orleans getting Kincaid actually. Especially with as much success as as Derek Carr had with with Waller and I think Kincaid profiles. So I like let's do that. And they're aggr- they, they've been aggressive getting the right. Runs. I just I like think that a lot. Kincaid fits yeah, New no, Orleans I, a little better than Dallas. He does. He does. You're right. And I think I think I think New Orleans is more motivated to to get a tight end. There's more motivated to move up. I think I, Dallas is very stick and pick sometimes. But I think New Orleans. So what is it? A third? It's a third. Probably does it nearly exact. Let's see. Because they're not moving. Because they have 41, right? I'm pretty sure they have picked 41. So then they won't move that. They just pull up the sim here. Simulator. Right. It would take 29 and 71. And then the Ravens would probably have to give back like 124 or something. Um, Yeah, that would do it. Let's see. Is that like from a value, like a trade value standpoint? About, yeah, because the difference between 29 and 22 is 140. And you look at New Orleans' pick, it's 235. So the Ravens are still 95 over. And you're probably looking at 124, which is 48. So the Ravens would net around there. Well, how, what's 115 worth? 64. I just don't know if the Ravens are giving out a pick this year because they only have five of them. Okay. What's what's what are they over? If what what are they ninety five? You said they're ninety five over. Right. If it's for twenty nine and seventy one. What's one fifty worth? Like a like a four, like an early four. One fifty is worth thirty. The thirtieth overall pick. No, thirty points. What do you mean? Well, I was like, 
like what is what is 150 points worth? Oh, um, 150 points is worth the 88th pick. Okay, so they'll give him a four next year in return. I don't think the Ravens are moving up to another pick. I, I don't think they're trading yeah, back. I don't think and they not would this year, but because they get a fourth picks. next year for Ben Powers, so yeah, perfect. So let's just give up a fourth next year. Perfect. Works out. If if you think they would do this, we can. If you don't I, think they I would, do. we can rework it. Okay. I do think we'll they would it. pick up an extra day two pick. Okay, cool. I I like it a lot. So New Orleans goes up to get Kincaid here, which I like. Um, I think that they would be motivated to do so. I think they are. I think you hit the nail on the head. They're a team that fits Kincaid really, really well. I think Kincaid fits them really well, kind of additionally. Um, so I like that a lot. The Ravens get the choice to move back. They can pick up another pick, which is huge for them, frankly. Um, so that's big. Man, Ravens are picking via via New Orleans, via Denver. I like that. Um, a, lot of, a lot of trades there at 29, which is cool. Um, I guess actually via San Francisco. Via right. Denver. Yeah. Dang. Pick trades hands a lot. Um, all right, Vikings at 23. Hendon Hooker, welcome to Minnesota. Welcome to the Vikings, brother. Maybe, maybe not. We'll have the conversation. But I didn't want to start it off with Hendon Hooker because there has been a lot of people talking. Same thing with like Levis going to the Colts. Like, man, Minnesota loves Hendon Hooker. And I know they don't have a lot of picks this year. This could be a rebuild year, though. Think about it. It's up to you. Yeah. But whatever you think. But I do think Hendon Hooker here is a very realistic opportunity. I do think it makes sense. I, I like it. I just throw out receiver. Um, yeah. Which is what I was about yeah. to pivot to as a receiver as well. They lost Thielen, and the receiver board's pretty good for them here. Yeah. You need to go Zay or Addison. Probably Zay. You need to go Zay? Probably. What is their what's their profile for receivers? Who have they drafted? Because I'm I'm curious, like who they've picked. They they prefer like taller guys or what's their well who else do they have on that in that receiver room? Um, I don't really Jim think Naylor, anyone. Osborne. They have Rager, which it, that's know, true. Me but suppose, he's more but, a special teamer. Yeah, Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Jalen Naylor. Um, it's not really pigeonholed here to a specific type of receiver. Um, I think Addison goes before Zay though, personally. But if you want to go, if you think Zay, it's pretty, probably pretty even. So if you want to go Zay, we can go Zay. Um, your call. I'll, I'll I'll let you make this pick. Well, I think Zay will be the pick, just oh, because. We'll go Zay. Yeah, I think you know obviously they have Justin Jefferson and a couple other guys, but I. Things they'll be better in that offense. A little more dynamic. Um, so I like that. Uh, 24 Jacksonville. This is Branch. It's not even a question to me. This is easily Brian Branch, right? Yeah, I think so. If he makes it here on draft night, which in this scenario he does, because I think this is how it could play out. He gets here on draft night, goes at 24 the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is kind of co- how do this. It's like reminiscent of like the uh, JSN at 18 or. You know, just like kind of an easy selection for them. Um, like Broderick at 14 was easy. Well, this one at 16 was super easy. So Branch here at 24 seems like an easy one to fit. 
Um, 25 with the Giants. What are you thinking here? Um, this is tough. I think we've gone Osiris Torrance in the past. Uh, in terms of their needs, they're better Meatball suited sub, to address. Baby. Yeah. In terms of their needs, they're better uh, suited to address them on day two. This is more of a, is there a value pick? Um, you know, what kind of makes the most sense for them? They're fine at tackle. Um, they're kind of just strictly needing interior, which they can address with a later pick. I think they're picking at the next picks at 57. So not terrible. I can class. take one there. Um, yeah. Although they really want a center. Like, a JMS makes the most sense to me here. Like, if, we're, if, if you're going to go with an IOL, like a top-tier IOL, you go JMS, right. I think. I just don't they know need if he they, goes this high, you know? Maybe you could. What, what are their other what are their other options here, you think? What else would you – like, do you go receiver, maybe? To me, receiver is where you would go if you're – Yeah, I was I was thinking about receiver. Um, I was also thinking of they, corner, but – I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. The thing is, you could address corner at their next pick. You could address all these positions, their next pick. It's just what do they want most and who's where on their board? You know, what is Wink wants a corner? Let's be honest. Yeah. So it's to me. So it's probably either center or corner. It's JMS or what? Ringo probably here. I mean, what are the like? Well, you you know, Wink, like what does he want? Forbes? Does he want? Ringo, does he want? Who does he want? You think? Cam Smith, like it's. I say Ringo. Let's go Ringo. Then I, people have stopped yeah. talking about him in the first round, and it could. It, listen, you just don't get guys like that. Height, weight, speed. You just don't. So. I like it. Yeah. A little different than the two in JMS, which we've done before, Torrance. So I like it. Um, Dallas here at 26. <laughs> this is tough. I think I think they go Addison though. They need a receiver. They want another receiver too. Um, I guess we could look at like it could maybe take a look at um, like mate. What about um? What about? What Drew Sanders here? Do they like Damon Clark? I think they do. Maybe they don't. Um, I was thinking about Darnell, but I think we yeah, I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, we we could go with it. I mean, it's it, I think it could happen. I don't hate it. They could also. I, go, I mean, what they would I don't, do. They it's could, tough. They, they, they bring in Brandon Cooks, Gallup. How long is Cooks going to be there for? I don't just know if they're going receiver anymore with the, with Cooks coming in. I really think if like if you look at their roster, ooh, hang on a second. What Cansey here? We did it last week, but I like Cansey a lot to Dallas. Yeah, especially just how the board falls. I really like Cansey here. Because I don't love the edge guys I could take right now. Like, obviously, like, you know, the edge guys went early. And maybe you could get, like, a Will McDonald or a B.J. Ojolari here. But I, those guys profile so similarly to what Micah does as an edge rusher. 
And you've got Demarcus Lawrence still. I, I like Kansi here. Yeah, I like it too. Um, what else were you thinking? It just Darnell, honestly. Um, I mean, either both of them feel a need. They're tight end room right now. What they got? They like they like Jake Ferguson. He played a lot last year. It kind of just depends. Like, do they want a tight end now, or do they go? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's up to you. You're you're calling if you want to go Cansey or you want to go Darnell. But I'm cool with both. Yeah, they pick at 58. You're probably looking at tight end six at that point. Um, whereas if you do go D tackle here, it falls off pretty hard by the time you're picking at 58. Um, it is tough. Probably go Cansey. I like it. He's a really good fit for them. He's a really good fit in that defense. Um, and rush the passer, and it gives them really good pass rush options. Kind of out of the uh, kind of just got a lot of pitches you can throw, if you will, um, from a pass rush standpoint. So I like that a lot for them. And then Buffalo at 27. Um, obviously Anton Harrison's still here. Uh, Addison's. I think I think this would be Addison if he was if if, if this is how it fell for them, and Addison was available at 27, they'd probably take him because they they have to get another receiver in there. Right. Yeah. I think it's receiver. Um. It's just which one I probably say Addison. I don't know how they feel about the receivers, obviously, but you figure it's Addison. Yeah, agreed. Because I think they can take a linebacker in the next round or replace that loss in Edmonds. Um, yeah. So I like Addison here a lot. I mean, I hate it. But, you know, the AFC gets better, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so Cincy at twenty eight. Um, almost done here, wrapping up uh, Mock Draft Monday 6.0, the final mock. A little collaborative mock. Been going for a while, but again, um, talking through each pick kind of pretty thoroughly um, with four to go here. Bengals. They're the tough maybe board looking at, for like, Cincinnati. I would, I would be loving this board yeah. as a Ravens fan. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, this is honestly where you go... talk about corner, but. Yeah. They could go corner. They did bring over Chidubi Awozie from Dallas. They still have Cam Taylor Britt. Mike Hilton's still there, who I liked as a signing. Corners, obviously, a, a place they could go. They brought in what's Nick Scott for free safety. What's their IOL? They still have Alex Kappa. They signed Ted Karras at center, still Cord- Cord- Cordell Volson, left guard. Um, Jonah yeah, Williams probably, wants to trade. Yeah, still have Lyle probably, Collins on contract. Wait on IOL. Um, yeah. What about um? What Quentin Johnston? Yeah, they don't. Can they, they can can they pay T? I think they will. Um, I think they're going to prioritize that over anything else. I mean, we saw them prioritize O line over defense this off season. Well, they can't keep Boyd and and T. They can't keep both of them. They they could go receiver right. here, right? Yeah. And I if think... there's a room Johnson fits in, it's this one. Unless unless you think that like, hmm. Like, do they go? They could go with like Torrance here too. They could take Torrance or they could take Anton Harrison. Like, I don't. The O line was like. 
not good last year still. Like they still need to they needs to get better there. And they have not invested a premium pick there. Right. So do they go Anton they get, Harrison? I mean, can Anton Harrison play right tackle? Inside. Right tackle? I think he can. Yeah, I feel like they probably do that then. I'm going we'll go, we can go Stetson here. We can go Harrison. I like that. Yeah. All right. Ravens are up here. All you. A lot of different avenues they could go down. Um, I mean, if I'm sitting here with this board, maybe I'm, you know, obviously some people are going to be calling to try to get into the first round. Maybe one team, but uh, I'd be seeing what teams would be wanting to offer. But I'll stick and pick here. I mean, the, there's a lot of good players on the board. Um. Probably leaning towards corner. You have Cam Smith, Emmanuel Forbes, DJ Turner, Julius Brents, probably the top four I'm thinking about. Um, probably going to go Cam Smith, 29. Just I think it's a good pick. He had solid production. Um, he's not the best athlete in the class, but nonetheless fills a need. Should be a yeah. corner two. Um for the next few years, and I think they're going to double dip at corner. So that any, I'd love. Any, I like the pick. Any any thought to Johnston? Little thought. Um, I do. I could see that as well, but I just ultimately think with signing Odell, corners a bigger need for them. Whereas they don't draft receivers well. You look at the receivers they've drafted in the first round. Um. You know, Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, Rashad Perryman, Torrey Smith, who actually was pretty solid. Um, but you look at the corners they've drafted in the first round. They've drafted four all-time, and they've all been all-pros. So, um, probably going corner here. And just because, you know, they they might trade back into the second round to get another day two pick. Um, put them up to, you know, six picks or something like that. But I just think... For the sake of this one rounder, they probably stick and take corner here if no one wants to trade up. So I like Cam Smith a lot. He's my highest ranked corner um, that's on the board. So yeah, I like it. Um, Philly here at thirty, kind of can go whatever direction they want other than Jameer Gibbs. It feels like obviously with what they've already done. Um, how do you feel about Johnson here or Hyatt? Or Cedric Tillman, or I think Johnson's probably the next receiver off the board, but I could use right. a third receiver. I just don't love the way that the DB board fell for them now. And or well, it, to me, you could go go receiver, or you could go edge rusher here. And you could pick the litter, basically, of the next guys of of FAU of NDK Uzama, um, Will McDonald. Bijo Jalari, you can maybe look at think about Brzee here too. If they want to take the chance on the upside, um, go a multitude of different directions here though. Yeah, I think they did address offense with the tenth pick, um, but in terms of defensive guys, you're not looking at a whole lot that have been you know commonly projected as first round picks. I like Johnson for them, and I think it'll help round out that receiver room and make it. 
you know, give Johnson a chance to ease in, kind of learn from two guys, really three guys, if you want to put Goddard in there. Um, yeah. In terms of developing his route tree and stuff like that, I think it'll be beneficial for him to go to Philly. I like it for sure. Um, I mean, the thing with Johnson is like he's he's talented. He just he's got to fix the drops and he's got to just become a more skillful route runner. But from a physical talent standpoint, he's very he's, he's a freak athlete. Um, right. Total freak in nature. So uh, I like to fit there. He lets him ease in, um, learn from another freak in nature and AJ Brown. So I like that a lot. Um, Kansas City at 31. This is the final. Mock draft pick of the cold seat 2023 draft season. Um, board is is okay for them. I know they've looked at receiver. Um, you can kind of think about maybe going, maybe they go Josh Downs here, maybe they go Jalen Hyatt, maybe they go Cedric Tillman. Those are kind of the next three I would think about here for them. Um, if you want to go kind of a different direction, I think any of the edge players, like I like. I think Andy DK Ozama probably fits them the best right now. Kind of a, a blend of of, of pass rush ability. Um, can't have enough pass rushers in that division in that conference either. Um, don't love the DBs available for him still. Um, and I think if you look at the tackle board, you're. I mean, it's Dewan and nobody else. But I don't think Dewan Jones is a first rounder. I don't think right. they would reach. I don't think Kansas City would reach like that. I think they would wait and draft a guy in the in the second round or move. I mean, frankly, I think they would move up in the second round and go get Dewan or Bergeron. That's what I think they would do. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Kansas city has a few needs for Seaver, obviously being one, they might trade out of this pick. Just, I mean, they do have 10 picks, so they, they're more likely to trade up than trade down. Um, but obviously it's too late to trade up. And I think personally it's edge or tackle for me. I know we've gone. What about, what about, what about Brzee? Just throwing it out there. Right. Do you think, I was thinking they have Chris Jones. I'm not sure who else on that IDL. Um, Derek Nottie's on there. Derek Nottie's a good player for him. I just, from like a, like a like a versatility standpoint, but I think I, right. I think they're better off with a true edge personally. But I just figured I'd throw it out there. Getting Brzee learning from from Chris Jones would be huge, but that's like the ideal landing spot for him is to go play with Chris Jones, like from like a from like from from his perspective, but like a development standpoint. But I think um they're probably better off taking an edge player here. Yeah, I'm thinking edge. Um, you know we've gone tackle, we've gone edge. Looking at the edges, we have Enadike Ozama, um, BJ Ojolari, I believe. Uh, Will McDonald's available, so it's probably one of those three guys. I think we went BJ last week. Um, so I don't know, one of those three guys probably, given that you know we saw how they can play regardless of what their O-line looks like now. Their O-line's going to be worse next year, but... Not a lot worse. I mean, yeah, they lost their starting tackles, but I mean, they have depth guys, and they'll probably still bring one in after the draft or yeah. take one on day two and be just fine. So, I'm leaning towards edge here for them. Seems like the league likes Will McDonald the best of the three. So, I think we go Will McDonald here. All right. That's what I think the league would do. They, they, the league seems to be really high on him. 
Um, and I think that's ultimately where, if, if it's one of those three, it's probably him here, I think. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, a guy that we've talked about before, uh, back on our edge rankings, we haven't mocked him in the first round, I don't believe, in any of our mocks until now. Um, you know, rounded out the mocks with something different. And, I mean, I really liked the mock today overall. Um, like you mentioned, a little bit longer, just talking about each pick pretty thoroughly. Um, we had three Georgia guys in the top 14. We had a lot of different uh, fits from our past weeks. Obviously, Bryce, Will, Tyree, Levis. I mean, really every pick, the order is something we haven't done. Um, there's a few picks that we've done, we've had before, but overall, there's a lot of different new picks that we've had in this mock. Um, and I really like it. I think it's just as realistic as any other mock we've done. And that's what makes mock drafts and drafts as a whole. So fun is because there's just so many avenues that it could go down so many different options for each team. It's just infinite possibilities, infinite, um, trade possibilities and everything. So it's just a lot of fun to think about. Um, but yeah, that concludes the mocks. We got the real thing coming up here in four days and five hours. So looking forward to it. Um, you know, 101 hours away. I'm sure it'll Close. be a long 101 hours, but nonetheless, we're pretty much here. Um, you know, it seems not too long ago that free agency started, and that was, what, like 40 days ago. So yeah. um, really excited for the draft all three days we're gonna have episode 48 i believe coming out on wednesday um a couple days early just to give you all some information probably update a couple things non-football related while also talking about um the draft pretty thoroughly as well as we as we're kind of 24 hours away or so um so stay tuned for that and then the following monday we'll have our final monday episode where it's basically just a draft recap we're just going to be talking about the draft as a whole, uh, you know, kind of what each team did, the winners, losers of the draft, our favorite picks, and then obviously our teams as well. So stay tuned for that. And then we're going to be cutting back to one a week as the mock draft episodes will be, uh, will have concluded. We don't know what day we're going to release the normal episodes every week, but it will be the same day every week until we, you know, rip out a couple NBA mock drafts right before the draft mid-July. So stay tuned for that. A, a lot of content, as always, coming from the Cold Seat Podcast. Uh, yet another really good, lengthy mock today. And I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of shakeup come draft night. I think this is going to be one of the crazier drafts that we've seen in recent memory. Yeah, I think uh, we talked about a lot on this pod where it feels like outside the top 10 to 14, the talent drops off a little bit. And the value maybe at pick 24, 25 is similar to the value at pick 45. So, um, you know, maybe it's not that drastic, but I do think that when you kind of look at it a little bit and if teams want to pick positional needs, it's, they're more apt to maybe do that. Uh, you know, trade back, I think it'll be tough to find trade up, you know, trade up partners to trade back. So, um, you know, there's like a, what, 11 different trades involving day one picks last year, which I don't think happens again, but you know, it'll be, it'll be volatile. I think, I think a lot of predictions will be wrong. I think we're going to see guys go early, go late. Um, but I'm excited. Real quick before we get out of here, I guess I'll run down the, the 31 picks real quick, and then we will we'll sign it off and get out of here. But uh, number one, Carolina Panthers took Bryce Young out of Alabama. Will Anderson went two to the Texans. Tyree Wilson goes three to the Arizona Cardinals. Will Levis goes four to the Colts. 
AR Anthony Richardson AR goes goes five to the Seattle Seahawks out of Florida. CJ Stroud goes six to the to the Lions back to or I guess three straight quarterbacks there. Uh, Peter Skaronski goes to the Vegas Raiders. Miles Murphy goes to the Falcons. Jalen Carter goes to the Bears. Bijan Robinson goes to the Philadelphia Eagles at ten overall. Paris Johnson Jr. goes to the to the uh, Tennessee Titans at eleven. Christian Gonzalez goes twelve to the Texans. Nolan Smith goes 13 to the Jets. Broderick Jones, another Georgia player, at 14 to the Patriots. Lucas Van Ness goes to the Packers. Devon Witherspoon goes to the Commanders at 16. Darnell Wright at 17 to the Steelers. Jackson Smith and Jigba at 18 to the Lions. Deontay Banks at 19 to the to the Bucks. Joey Porter Jr. at 20 to the Seahawks. Michael Mayer to, tw- to 21 to the Chargers. Dalton Kincaid goes to uh, 22 to the Saints in a trade with the Baltimore Ravens. Zay Flowers goes 23 to the Vikings. Brian Branch goes 24 to the Jags. Keely Ringo goes 25 to the Giants. Kalijah Kansi goes 26 to the Dallas Cowboys. Jordan Addison goes 27 to the Bu- to the Buffalo Bills. Anton Harrison goes 28 to the to the Bengals. Cam Smith goes to the Ravens at 29, who traded down to get him, kind of get a corner later on. Quentin Johnston goes 30 to the Eagles, and Will McDonald the fourth goes 31 to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's it. The final Colts eight mock, um, you know, NFL mock of the year. Obviously, I could get an NBA mock or two in there uh, in in uh, June, July. But um, that wraps it up for the mock draft Monday series of the NFL draft uh, for this season. Um, bittersweet, it's coming to an end. I think I said that a bunch to use bittersweet. The draft's coming to the end, but um, really fun doing these. Who knows if this is right? Who knows if this is wrong? We have no, we have no idea. It could all be it could all be wrong on draft night, which would be which would be funny. So, um, but yeah, that wraps it up. Um, Wraps up Mock Draft Monday for us here, and uh, we will see you guys on Wednesday with the episode 48 kind of as a draft primer, and we'll see you guys then. Yeah, for sure. Excited for it. Stay tuned. Follow us on social media at Cold Seat Podcast, and we'll see you on a few days. See ya.